Okay, so now we're up to uh, page 40 in the text. We just finished uh, page 39, the very last part. And the, the, the section that we are covering, remember, is uh, actually the opening line of the text, which begins with, I bow to all the high and holy lamas. Uh, an explanation, we are now into the explanation why that why was the text began with uh, bowing to uh, one's lama, one's teacher. And one of the 
one of the reasons for doing so is to sort of like get an auspicious start. You want to be, you want to start, when you're about to start a, a project, you want to see the project through. So to begin the project in, a, in an auspicious way, you, the way you begin the project will, will determine how the project will end. Okay? If, if the project will, uh, if you'll be able, if you're able to uh, complete the project. And what would be more auspicious than beginning a project by giving thanks to uh, the one you, you, you hold most dear, the one who's most beneficial to you. Okay. Um, and we... I think we should go to the back of the book. Thirty nine, I think. Not yet. It's coming. Remember, the word all refers all the teachers that, you, that you've encountered. And it doesn't refer only to the teachers that you've met personally. It also refers to teachers you, that is, you've met through books, through texts. Sometimes uh, a teacher wrote a book and they pass away and then you encounter that teacher through their teaching and then they inspire you through, the, through their words. So they also... Uh, should be included in your in your mind when you think about all your teachers, and also not only those teachers that you have uh, encountered through texts and those teachers that you met personally, but also the teachers that you probably may have never had any direct contact with, but because of their contribution to your teacher, your teacher was able to teach you. So that's the lineage teachers. Okay. Uh, remember, there are two main lineages the far-reaching activities and the profound view. Remember what the far-reaching activity refers to? Yeah, bodhicitta. So these are the teachers making uh, an emphasis on, on bodhicitta. What is it, how to develop it, and things like that. And the profound view is the other wing of enlightenment. That would be wisdom. Okay. What is wisdom? How to develop it? Okay. And it doesn't mean that those who are teaching far-reaching activities don't touch wisdom, or the other around those teaching wisdom don't touch uh, teaching on bodhicitta. It's just that that's their emphasis. And um, Manjushri is is like the the one who's the head of the lineage. That you have the Buddha, and then it splits into two. Uh, Manjushri picks up the teaching mainly dealing with wisdom and uh, Maitreya touches the teaching mainly dealing with Kurichita uh, uh, and then it goes down the line all the way to your teacher and the interesting thing when you some of you are reading the, 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 the larger uh, Lam Rim text 
the third, the one in three volumes. Uh, you will notice that uh, there were actual, you know, these beings, Maitreya and uh, Manjushri, they're not human beings like, uh, like you meet every day. Uh, but the human, the human students who picked up these, these uh, teachings through these lineages, uh, they're sort of like uh, <clears throat> uh, so there were things that were known within the Bodhicitta lineage that may not have been known within, within those who were studying were doing mainly the profound lineage. And it was, uh, uh, and, the, and the Lam Rim that we have right now is actually uh, a, a bringing together of those two lineages into one. So th right now there isn't really uh, a, a just a far-reaching lineage or just a profound lineage. Everything has been condensed, everything has been uh, brought together within the Lam Rim teaching. Yeah. So now we're going to go into the Lama. A very, a very important uh, concept, a very important uh, term, specifically with uh, Vajrayana Buddhism. Okay. And unfortunately, a lot of misunderstanding about this creates a lot of uh, trouble and difficulties for, for people. Okay. So let's go into page 40. I'll finish the last part, bit of the paragraph from before. Uh, the reader wants, in general, to gain the steps of the path to Buddhahood, right? And more specifically, the three principal paths, which are, quickly, pass. Renunciation, uh -huh. <coughs> Bodhicitta, uh -huh. and Wisdom. Okay. Now, I, was, I wasn't just testing her, I was <laughs> 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 like they're waiting for you to say something. <laughs> okay, so it's more and more specifically, the three principal paths within your own mind. The point of the prostration is to make him realize that this is all going to depend on how well he can follow the practice of proper behavior towards his spiritual teacher. And it's because of this behavior, it's because of this... Uh, uh, emphasis in Buddhism, in, uh, in Vajrayana Buddhism, that the, the first uh, Westerners who came to Tibet, when they saw Buddhism, they, they, they refused to call it Buddhism. They, they kept calling it Lamaism, as, as though it was some sort of a strange Tibetan religion. Okay. Okay. So it's not Lamaism. <laughs> okay. Now, a lama is extremely important on the outset of any attempts at a spiritual life, as Geshe Potowa said. To reach liberation, there is nothing more important than a lama. Even in simple things of this present life, with things that you can learn just by sitting down and watching someone, you can't get anywhere without a person to show you. So how on earth are you going to get anywhere without a lama? And when you want to go somewhere, you've never gone before. And you've only just arrived from a journey 
through the lower birth. You can explain this by uh, starting with the last part, when you've just arrived from a journey through the lower birth. Okay. Uh, the immediate way to, 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 to explain the words is that you, you, you may not have been a human being in your previous life. But that's not exactly, that's not the only thing that it's referring to. It's referring to that you just arrived from a journey. So um, in there it talks about a destination. Uh, you want to go somewhere you've never gone before. And what is that place that you've never gone before? You've never gone to enlightenment before. You've never been enlightened. You, you, you're not, you, you've never been uh, enlightened. You've never been to Nirvana before. Okay, so that's some place you don't know how to get to, that you've never been to. So what places have you arrived? You've arrived at the lower birth. You know how to get there. Okay. And we are, so fam we are, we are very familiar with samsara. We are very familiar on how to cycle in, the, in, 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 the, in samsara. So we don't need much, and with these things, we go and ask for advice. We go and ask for someone to teach us how. So if for mundane things like that, that helps us with things that we're already familiar with, like how, to, how do I go to the lower realm? You don't need a meditation for that. Okay. <laughs> you don't need, deep, you don't need deep, deep study for that. You already know how. <laughs> but how to get to... Beyond samsara, we don't know anything about that. So we better get someone who knows how to, to, to uh, who, who has the definite ways of showing us how to get there. Now, if you've been to the lower birth before, so you know how to get there, and you probably know, you probably know many different roads that leads to the lower birth. Okay, back roads. You know, shortcuts, <laughs> long ways, all the different highways that lead there, uh, even the ones that are not paved. <laughs> okay. So we know all that. And uh, if someone were to come to us and tell us, oh, this is how you get to the lower realm, we'd be, it, it's, it would be easy for us to say, I'm sorry, I know I've been there. <laughs> The way, the, the way you're talking about doesn't lead there, okay? But we can't really make that same sort of judgment when if, uh, about uh, how to get to beyond samsara because we've never, never been there. But you know what leads to, what doesn't lead to, to, to nirvana. So if someone was to come and tell you, this is how to reach nirvana, and through your, your experience you know, wait a minute, uh, that one took me to one of the lower rounds before. Definitely, this is not the way to get me to Nirvana. So, we, we only know what doesn't... So, not all the methods, but we know, we, have a, we, we can have some sort of an inkling as to what methods will not lead you to Nirvana. So, when you, when you have those kinds of teachers who, who tell you to do things that go against your own inner sense of... Uh, uh, inner sense of wisdom, uh, you, uh, if, if it doesn't, if it's okay, if you don't understand what they're teaching you, but it doesn't mean that if you don't understand what they're teaching you, and then somehow you have a very strong feeling that it's wrong, 
that you should follow it. Okay. All right, let's, let's uh, continue. Therefore, you're absolutely going to have to go and learn from a Lama. Just reading Dharma books is not going to work. There has never been a single person in history who gained his spiritual goals without a Lama. Just by reading books on Dharma. And it will never happen in the future either. You know, as a, as, a, uh, as a book lover, I would like to not agree with that. I just would like not to agree with it. doesn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't it just say in the paragraph before, even if the person isn't alive, they're still your teacher? Really? Oh, yeah. So that is a book, isn't it? Yeah, that's a book. So it doesn't have to be, it has, a llama can be in a book. Uh-huh. <laughs> but now we have, we have to continue. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, what kind of lama should should he be? Okay. It takes a guide who knows every turn of the path just to get you somewhere you can reach in a single day. For a lama who's supposed to lead you on to freedom and the state of knowing all things you're going to need one who has all the requisite qualities. It's important to find a really qualified Lama. It's not something you shouldn't care much about because you're going to end up like him, for better or for worse. Okay. The student comes out according to the mold, like those little clay tablets with holy images pressed into them. What are the characteristics that make a Lama qualified? According to the teachings on vowed morality, that's Vinaya, he should be, as they say, a source of all good qualities and so on. This means that the Lama should possess the two qualities of being steady and wise. According to the secret teachings, he should fit the description that starts with the words all three gateways well restrained. All these are talking about main, so far uh, source of all good qualities, uh, steady and wise, all three gateways well restrained, different words of saying the same thing. According to general tradition, that of both the open and secret teachings, the Lama should have ten fine qualities as mentioned in the verse that begins with you are, you have you who have all ten. Okay. At the very least, your Lama must absolutely be a person who has controlled his mind by practicing the three trainings, who possesses a knowledge of the scriptures, and who possess, possesses actual realization, as the jewel of the sutra states. Okay. So, uh, what we just read here, this is, this is where it's coming from. Take yourself to a spiritual guide, controlled, at peace, high peace. So these three refer to a person who has controlled his mind by practicing the three trainings. Okay. And do you remember what the three trainings are? No, that, no what they call the three... Uh, uh, oh, training. Super, super, super worldly trainings. 
they can be worldly or they can also be super worldly. Morality, morality concentration. Uh-huh. And oh, he's cheating. He's looking at the back. <laughs> no, he just, he just, he just cheated. <laughs> More, okay, go ahead, read them, cheater. These <laughs> are exceptional. I know them. Uh-huh. Exceptional concentration, exceptional wisdom. Okay, these are the three trainings. Okay, so by you, you, you gain control of your mind by practicing. Uh, morality. You gain peace by practicing concentration. You gain high peace through uh, uh, practicing wisdom. Okay. So with exceeding qualities and effort. Okay, with exceeding qualities, meaning that this the the, the teacher should have qualities uh, which exceeds that of the student. Effort, the teacher is enthusiastic about teaching, who's rich in scripture. Uh, well, that's sort of self-explanatory. It uh, doesn't mean that you have a big library. <laughs> it means actually you read the books. <laughs> With a deep realization of suchness. Deep realization of suchness is deep realization of... The, of, of of the true nature of reality. Uh, it, it, it doesn't say here it should have a, a direct realization of suchness. That, that's two different things. Okay? That, this, uh, that the one who is qualified to be a teacher should have a deep understanding of the true nature of reality. And of course, if that person has seen incidents directly, the, much, uh, the better. A master instructor, that is, the person who knows how to teach according to the audience, who's skillful, knows, knows various means of teaching the same subject, who's the very image of love. And for me, that's it. <laughs> that's the only qualification that, I, that, that for me that would make someone uh, a master, uh, a qualified teacher, who's the very image of love. Because someone can have all the other stuff, maybe, and not so much the, the image of love. Okay. And beyond this coming, becoming discouraged, and fortunately for me, my teacher possessed that beyond becoming discouraged because I uh, kept going back for the same thing. He was never discouraged with teaching me the same thing. <coughs> so who doesn't get, uh, you know, doesn't become the, oh, I've taught you this five times already. <laughs> you still don't get it? Okay, that's it. We are divorced. <laughs> Yes. Um, I think your teacher has a little bit of a reputation for getting angry. My teacher? Yeah. Whose teacher? Your teacher. <laughs> You've met him before? No. How did you get that reputation? I've heard it, so it's only my mother. I mean, I was wondering if the anger was purposely you know, for teaching. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, people were, especially when he was uh, teaching in India, people were terrified of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was uh, a grammar grammar teacher in India. Oh. You know, when because he came in the first wave when the when the Tibetans left with the Dalai Lama, and then, then they, when they were reestablishing themselves, so his, his task was to uh, teach to teach grammar, to write grammar, uh, to write. 
textbooks on grammar and poetry, and then to teach it. And uh, a lot of, I've met a few of the students who, who were his students, and uh, they are terrified of him. <laughs> he was wrathful. <laughs> but he never was discouraged. <laughs> he kept on teaching until he died. And this thing about uh, uh, him being raffle is not something I ever saw, and I bugged him enough to uh, to have been a, a recipient of that, uh, and I was never a recipient of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What does it mean, you who have all ten? The verse that begins with. Oh yeah, you have all ten. That's the beginning of a of a of a poem. And so it's telling you, if you know that, uh, go to that text and then read it, and you will find the ten. And the ten you just read, controlled, at peace, high peace, exceeding qualities and effort, rich in scripture, deep realization of suchness, master instructor, very image of love, beyond becoming discouraged. And I put one of them, two of them together, that's why. So these are the, these are the ten here. So you, you, now, let's look at these, for example. Let's look at these ten, okay? Take yourself to someone and make that person your spiritual guide, that person who has this, the following qualities, controlled. How do you know if they are controlled? How do you know if they have good concentration? Can you observe them? You can only observe them over a period of time, I through observing them over a period of time, you will know that they have, whether or not they have uh, good concentration. That's one way. I, I, mm -hmm. Am I allowed to say this thing? You're allowed to say what thing? When I was here, yeah. living here for a while, mm -hmm. I uh, saw, you know, Rinpoche, you know, day in and day out, mm -hmm. and he would sit in the same spot. Sometimes everybody went away, it was only me left here. Mm -hmm. And I would bring up once in a while something for him because he would sit in the same spot from morning to night. He didn't even seem to know when it was getting dark. He was mm -hmm. you know, reading and studying and meditating. Mm -hmm. That was just mind-boggling for me to have mm -hmm. that kind of concentration. Mm -hmm. Such an example. Yeah. Okay. I guess... <laughs> It, it, it is possible for you to know whether or not they have concentration. I, th I think being able to observe a teacher when the teacher, you know, people aren't generally observing them mm -hmm. when they're in their, at, they when they're basically on their own in private, if you mm -hmm. have a chance to observe them, then you know. Then you really know. If you see them in a situation where others might get tense or uptight mm -hmm. and they're just sitting there, then you know. Mm -hmm. And Frank, by the way, can, when he talks about Rinpoche in India, you know, while well, he's being hassled by uh, customs people in the airport, when he's waiting for four days because he can't get a visa and he's in a hotel room, he's doing the same thing. He's sitting in one place, didn't, didn't want to go out, didn't have any special requests for meals, just there, content, doing his thing, reading, studying, meditating. Yeah. Can you still have um, a great deal of concentration but still be very active, but someone can't recognize it because... You may be very 
concentrated in your brain. Mm-hmm. But your, your activities aren't such that you're always sitting in one spot. You could be doing lots of things, but still be very... Well, we're picturing in the winters out there chopping wood. He likes to do that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's out there chopping wood, probably so perfectly concentrated on that. Yeah. yeah, it's not something that you can really because for you to you can see you can see the person behave in such a way physically that tells you, ah, uh, you know that when I've tried to do that, it requires a lot of concentration for me. And for when you see that person doing it and doing it well, then you can say, ah, maybe this person has concentration. But it's not something that you can actually see because you have to sort of see their mind. Say, oh, their mind is steady. Not too much thing happening there. Mm-hmm. Okay, not too, oh, yeah, that should have distracted me, but you didn't distract him. Yeah, he has concentration. Yeah. Isn't the first one, though, the dunwa, isn't that also controlled in, in the sense of, of not responding to yeah, yeah. situation. So it's not just concentration. It's no, no, the, 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 the peace is concentration. Durwa is, is the control. No, I, I wasn't talking, I mean, that one sort of, you can sort of tell if the person is being, uh, oh. uh, the controlled is, uh, has to do with morality. Yeah. You can sort of observe that. Because uh, most of, a lot of the, a lot of the morality, you can, I say you can sort of, a lot of the morality has to do with you know, how they behave in the world. But there's a lot of about morality that has to do with, with what's going on in their mind also that we, could, that we cannot directly observe. Okay. Like someone can appear to be immoral when they're in fact being, being very moral. Okay. But the concentration one, you can sort of, you can sort of infer, ah, this must be concentration. Not because you're seeing their mind, but because you're, you're seeing a behavior that you, you're making uh, uh, inference that, ah, in that particular behavior, it would require concentration. The, that's my point, because mm-hmm. if you see someone who's controlled under all situations, even if you don't know if they're able to achieve a state of perfect meditation, mm-hmm. you know they're watching their mind carefully, because mm-hmm. they're, they're so controlled in their behavior. Oh, they yeah, have yeah. to be watching their mind, therefore they have to have concentration mm-hmm. to bring that to mind constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and see their clairvoyance sometimes? See their clairvoyance? Well, like I have this one uh, teacher, Tenzin Pamo, who's uh-huh. one of my teachers, and there was a big group that she was teaching at, and somebody was talking with her about a problem with a family member, and she said, well, maybe that's not the best thing to do. And I was sitting there as a psychologist thinking, no, 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 no Tenzin Pamo, I think they need that because, you know, I'm doing all this. Mm-hmm. And then she stopped and she goes, but I'm not a psychologist, and maybe... And it was really remarkable mm-hmm. the way that she moved, she was working with the crowd. And to me, watching things like that or little things that Rinpoche will say to me mm-hmm. or I've seen other mamas do, to me that's a sign uh, of their ability, of their mind. Mm-hmm. And then about what you were talking about earlier about wrathful, I was just wanted to comment that I think, I mean from what I've seen, the lamas will be wrathful when people's minds need it. It's like medicine. You know, like, um, the lamas are really kind to me. I don't ever see the wrathfulness. But with her, that teacher, she's been both really kind and then sometimes she'll zap me. Mm-hmm. But I allow, because somehow we have that relationship. Mm-hmm. So don't you think that, that they'll be wrathful when it's needed and when it's medicine for the mind? Oh, definitely. It's not like an anger. You know, people sometimes can think, oh, this Lama or this 
teachers angry, but they're doing it as medicine for what the person needs. Mm -hmm. and we are talking about uh, here uh, someone who is a qualified lama. Right. It doesn't mean that just because someone is teaching and they get angry, that person is being skillful. Right. It could just mean that person is angry. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's right. And see, the, the object that you call lama is a very important object for your practice. And the way you're supposed to relate to, to such an object is, is a, such a s special way. And that's why uh, you have to be careful as to what object you designate, what object you make into Lama. Because once you make that uh, uh, commitment, okay, now the object is now Lama, then you have to be very careful how you relate with that, with that, with that object. <clears throat> so before you even make such a relationship, so you have to, that's why you have to, that's why you are given these guidelines. Take yourself to someone in whom you see these qualities. You see someone who is controlled, that is, they, are, they have a high level of ethics that they follow. They, are, they, have, they have achieved some level of peace because they are, they've been training their mind for so long. They, have, they actually have achieved some level of, of some result of that training. Uh, they have achieved high peace because they are really seeking to understand the true nature of reality. Okay? They are not just people who study books and are able to tell you what's in the books but they've actually internalized them, are able to give you their own experience of, of what they've gained. Okay. And someone who's actually doing it because they're doing it out of true love, out of true compassion, not because they feel compelled to do it, not because they, they think that if they do it, they will become famous, but somebody who's actually concerned for you. And, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, the, and the other qualities. Now, and they say that because of the, uh, the, the age that we are in, because of the, because of, and the age that we are in has uh, these things involved. Our minds are not so great. Perhaps somebody, the, very, the Buddha could come in front of us and we might see just a schlep, no schlep, schlep. No, the, the person would be a schlep. Uh, yes, yes. A schlump? It's actually a bad word, I think, in English. It's actually a bad word. I used to be poor, too. Is a no, schlump is a different word. Oh, okay. That's the bad word. Oh, it's a schlump. What do you say? Schlump. Oh, I would say. Schlump is, is, is... Oh, schlump is, mean, I have to go from here to there. Yeah. A schlump is like, kind of like a little less than a schlump. A schlump is... <laughs> <laughs> a very fine schlump. <laughs> <laughs> a tree. <laughs> Okay. Well, the Buddha, the Buddha may emanate in front of you in the uh, uh, ultimate uh, emanation, and because of the state of your mind, you may not see it. You may see just a, that what you're trying to do, trying to find. You may, see just, you may see just another, okay, just a regular guy. That's all you may see. Okay. And also, uh, that someone who has the qualities and you don't see them. And also someone may not have those qualities and then you impose those qualities on that person. Uh, 
which one is a teacher? The one who has them and you don't see them, or the one you don't, the one who doesn't have them and you and you see it, you you make yourself see them. Like the, uh, I'll give you an example of someone who doesn't have them and someone sees it on them or or imposes it upon themselves to see to say that they are there. Uh, the example of uh, do, do, what is called the dog aesthetic. Dog aesthetic. Yeah. There was this, uh, somehow it was fashionable among, <laughs> among yogis uh, to behave like a, to take upon the behavior, complete behavior of a dog. To walk on all fours, to eat, uh, to eat with your mouth. And then some people thought that it was, wow, that was a sign of great uh, realization. And there was a follower of the Buddha who was somehow attracted to these to, to the, the, kinds of, uh, of uh, display. And he thought that uh, this, the, he met this person who was a dog ascetic. And then he said, ah, this person has realizations. Look at that, he's walking on all fours, he's eating from a bowl. He has to have realizations. <laughs> he doesn't even take a bath or mind. I mean, okay. <laughs> And then the, since the Buddha, for him, looked very normal, he thought that the Buddha didn't have realizations. Okay. Now, giving that some explanation that has uh, this uh, example that has both in there. So which one was the, the, the sort of student was, uh, I forgot his name, but uh, the dog ascetic uh, maker, <laughs> okay, follower, okay, the disciple of the Buddha. Okay. Now, which one was his teacher? The dog ascetic. The dog ascetic was his teacher. Mm -hmm. Because of following the dog ascetic's uh, teachings, he achieved enlightenment. Mm -hmm. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but because he believed in it. Yes, that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. He believed that he was an, an enlightened being. That, that's, not, that's not what makes the, the dog ascetic a teacher that teaches enlightenment and that doesn't make the student achieve enlightenment. Mm -hmm. okay. But he's still functioning as the teacher, just teaching the wrong things. Yeah, if he's teaching wrong things, he's still a teacher, yeah. but he's not a qualified right. teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's different than if you have, <clears throat> say, for example, the belief in a mantra, even though you may be saying it wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the practice is wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's, 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 that's something else. So it's, it's connected in the sense that even though that disciple of the, of the, the Buddha, well, he wasn't quite a disciple of the Buddha. Well, should we call him a disciple of the Buddha? Well, someone was following the Buddha around. <laughs> okay? Even though he didn't see the, the Buddha as a teacher, the Buddha was the teacher. And the Buddha was teaching him. The Buddha helped him to see that he was a teacher. This person that he thought that wasn't enlightened, he helped him to see that this person wasn't enlightened. And remember, uh, in the beginning, where it says, uh, "Because you're going to end up like him, for better, or worse, or, or also for worse." <laughs> So it's not just for a better, just take anything or anybody who's teaching anything, follow them, make them your teacher, and then you end up the better. No. Mm -hmm. You may end up the worse. Okay? That, that's I mean, because, 
<laughs> oh yeah, you're making a commitment there, for the better or for worse. Okay. Okay. So it was if 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 it was just take anyone, make him your say you're a lama, then there would be there wouldn't be this section here, which is look at it, a few pages just describing a one line. I bow to all the high and holy lamas. Okay. If you were just take anyone, then there wouldn't be the need for this these explanations. Because there are those who are not qualified to teach, who should not be teaching, because they will not help you get to enlightenment. I mean, they can teach you what you already know, perhaps. Okay. Now, uh, there is something about faith that is very important. Yeah, and, and that gets uh, um, hmm. yeah, that sort of makes the problem a, a, a bit more complicated. Okay. The, thing, the level of faith. And what you mentioned about uh, even though you're mispronouncing the mantra, but your faith is strong in the mantra, it actually brings you some good result. The thing is, you have a good intention, you want to pronounce it correctly, but you're mispronouncing it. And what you're wanting to pronounce is not just you know, walk the dog, walk the dog, walk the dog. Okay? That's not gonna, it, it's something that is qualified to do that. Okay? So those two things have come and, have, and they've formed a relationship. A mantra which actually will, will help you and the person have the intention to use the mantra properly. Okay. So, if the teacher is not qualified... Besides pronouncing it incorrectly, what if you, you knew the, the interpretation of the mantra, now maybe you don't know it so clearly, but you have it, a feeling about it in your heart, uh -huh. so so effective, even though it's not... It, it, it would not be as effective. Because the uh, uh, recitation of mantra isn't just saying the words. Because if it was that, then that example would be that that person is lost. There are other parts that, that, that must be involved for, them, for the result to come out. And one of them is you must understand the nature of the mantra. You must understand it. And if you have just strong faith, even though... So that will be your level of understanding, your strong faith in the mantra. Okay. That will be your level of understanding. It may not be the complete you know, uh, lineage understanding of what the mantra means, but your strong faith is that the mantra will give some uh, good results. So that, 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 that's powerful. Okay. Um, so yeah, a student must be qualified and the teacher must be qualified for, for those two together to, to, uh, for the result to be a good result. Okay. Sometimes you could have a, a student who's, who's, who's qualified, good, qualified student, but the teacher is not qualified. And that, an example of that would be uh, Angulimala. Have you all, have you all heard of Angulimala? <coughs> the, the one, no? Angulimala, am I mispronouncing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Angulimala is was a, a actually he became an arhat under the guidance of the Buddha. But before he met the Buddha, 
he met a teacher who taught him something, a very wrong path. He taught him that in order for you to reach enlightenment, you, you need to make a mala out of the fingers, out of, out of human fingers. And it, it, and, and it wasn't go to the cemetery and, and get some fingers. It was go to some, you, and it has to be, uh, you know, mala has 108 beads. So he has to, he has to kill a hundred people and then take their finger. Take one finger and make a, and, and string it. And he was, and the Buddha was going to be his last uh, uh, victim. Really, you don't die if somebody takes your finger? No, I mean, it, it wasn't just, no. If, if, if someone comes in, <laughs> take your finger, <laughs> your finger, you say, oh, here's my finger, you know, you know there's going to be a fight. <laughs> before to get that thing. <laughs> 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 I die in the fight and then they get the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Angulimala, Angulim, his name was uh, the finger, the one with the mala of fingers. Okay. So he was about to make the Buddha into uh, one bead <laughs> of his mala. And, uh, and, and, well, because since the Buddha was a real qualified teacher, and because he was a qualified student in the sense that he was willing to follow such an absurd practice, because he thought it would lead him to, to, uh, to moksha, to enlightenment. So he was also qualified to be a teacher, a good student. But uh, he didn't meet the right teacher. So what he was actually doing, even though he thought he was going to reach him, give him moksha, in liberation, what was he really going to get out of this practice? Fingers. If he was lucky, he would get nothing. He would actually get a long time in, in the hell realm. So he, and, and, and he believed that what he was doing was going to take him to, 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 to enlightenment. So believing what you're doing is going to take you to enlightenment doesn't make you take you to enlightenment. So what, what was the Buddha's teaching? Well, the, the, well uh, he tried to catch the Buddha, and for some reason he couldn't catch the Buddha. Even though it seemed like the Buddha was, wasn't doing anything. He was just walking. He was, uh, he, the Buddha was just walking in a very slow pace, you know, very meditative. And then he was running after the Buddha, and he couldn't catch him. <laughs> and he said this, and, and that, that made him realize this must be a, a special being. And then he went to ask him for te for, to teach him. And he explained the situation, and he became very remorseful of what he, what he did. And he, was a, uh, and he practiced very, very, very hard. And he actually reached our hardhood. In, in one life. In one life, yeah. So that means he was a, a, a student who was qualified for the, right for the teachings. Okay. Now, The teacher not being qualified doesn't, and this is uh, something that you all need, uh, people need to understand, the teacher not being qualified doesn't mean that the teacher is someone who doesn't possess one of these, or doesn't possess all of these altogether. For the teacher not to be, to be not qualified, you like the teacher who's teaching wrong teachings. What makes the teaching wrong? It tells you it's going to leave you to lead you to enlightenment when actually the, the, the practicing it is going to lead you to, to, the, to a lower rebirth. It will keep you in samsara. But the teacher is telling you do this 
will take you to uh, enlightenment. So that's someone teacher who's teaching you wrong teachings. Because you can meet someone who has, who's, who has, who seem to have, uh, well, not seem to, yeah, who seem to have good morality. So you're attracted to that. And you can meet someone definitely who has psychic powers. And you, you, you get psychic powers through, you know, uh, you, you could get psychic powers through, because uh, it's, sorry, it's your karma. <laughs> but, you know, you, uh, you, you, you did the work in the past, but you didn't have the result while you were in the past. And then now the seeds ripen and you end up being somebody who's born and sometime in your life you develop this psychic power, you have no idea where they come from. Okay? Or you could be someone who, through your own endeavor, through your own uh, persistence, your own uh, uh, in, uh, practice, you develop the psychic powers now in this life. Okay? And for someone like that, you have to have great concentration. Because the psychic powers are this kind of display of psychic power excuse me, is a result of develop, having developed deep concentration. And yet, such a person could be teaching something that doesn't lead to, to uh, nirvana, doesn't lead to liberation, and yet they say what they're teaching is leads to liberation. And we know who they are. We've, we've, we've heard about them, right? Like uh, the guy who, at the end, had all these, all the all his congregation commit suicide with him. Uh, what's that? John? Jones. Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Yeah. I mean, it's to, to his followers, he seemed to be moral. He seemed to be spiritual. He seemed to be the right teacher. And yet, this is, this is what they got from him. And uh, there are other, other examples like that. Okay. So, uh, so that would be an unqualified teacher. Okay. So a qualified teacher must have uh, must have at least uh, no a combination of these qualities that that in the sense that either the person himself or herself is sincerely seeking that goal that you're seeking also and they are some years ahead of you so they will not lead you to a wrong to to to, to, to a wrong path okay they may not have realizations yet but they are sincerely, you can f see their sincerity, you can see that they are, they are, leading, they are leading, leading themselves in the right path. Okay. And then they're not leading you in, in a different path. Okay, that's, that's a qualified teacher. Can a qualified teacher have no realization? You said they may not have realizations yet. I thought that at least the one, the one realization that was required was a, a deep conceptual understanding of emptiness, which isn't just study, it's, it's actual realization. No, uh, maybe not direct, but but a conceptual understanding of it. Realization is uh, uh, having reached a, a definite level on the path, right. where they where they uh, having a deep conceptual realization of emptiness is. Well, you can call it a realization. I mean, you you, you can say uh, realizing that uh, the three principles of path is important. You can say that that's. A realization. I meant one that is achieved through meditation. The, the deep, what I was referring to, maybe I didn't explain it well, mm -hmm. is the, the conceptual understanding of emptiness that you achieve through meditation prior to direct, uh, mm -hmm. a direct understanding of emptiness, mm -hmm. to a direct perception, yogic perception of emptiness. Mm -hmm. 
there's that one that occurs first. It's generic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. generic. And I thought that was at least the, the minimum requirement <coughs> for the, the understanding of emptiness. Um, no? No. Okay. no, no, no. But we would never met something we don't know. We yeah. Know. Yeah. It's not one of, we can't let that be a qualifier because that one we don't know. Yeah, that, that, that one is not something, like you said, it's not something that you can directly know. I mean, uh, are you gonna interview everyone who's gonna teach? You're gonna you're gonna get teachings from okay? How, how, how have, you? <laughs> have you seen emptiness directly? And how far are you along the way? <laughs> I mean, they can tell you, oh, I've left that a long time back back in a long time ago. Would that be the truth? That that one you'd have to say bye. <laughs> <laughs> and if and if they actually tell you, I've seen emptiness directly. That might even be a uh, a sign for you to. Be careful, okay? Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, my teacher used to say, to, to say you have had such a big realization, to any big realization, is wrong. To say, to, no, no, I should have, uh, that was the punchline. <laughs> Yeah, there was supposed to be a, 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 something before that. <laughs> to say that you have realizations when you have not is wrong. To say you have realizations when you have realizations is also wrong. Yeah, that's supposed to be the punchline. Right. <laughs> said, if somebody sees emptiness directly, you'll find out after they die. Usually. Yeah. Uh, he didn't, I didn't explain why. <laughs> he just says, if they said they saw emptiness directly, you'll find out after they die. Hmm. You won't know why they're living. Hmm. I don't remember why. Yeah, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, because one of the, one, one of the, uh, one of the behaviors that is stressed in Buddhism is that you're not supposed to show off your, your realizations. Uh, and uh, personally, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I, I wish the Dalai Lama would not sit on the throne, would just levitate. <laughs> uh, that would help me. <laughs> But they're not supposed to show off their realization. It's not, it's not that they're not supposed to exercise it. I mean, what's the point of getting it if you're not supposed to use it? Right? But they're not supposed to do it, use it in a sense where people, so, so that they can, people can, uh, 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 so it can be a display. Yes. Yeah. yeah, to persuade them. Okay. Because uh, it's because of history. Like I said, someone can develop psychic powers either. They're born that way, and someone can, through their own in-depth, just for the sake of developing psychic powers, and they make the effort, and they develop it, and they go out and try to make a name for themselves. They, they want this psychic power just for fame. Okay? So just because someone is displaying psychic powers doesn't necessarily mean that they are spiritual. And one of the dangers of showing uh, psychic powers is that you become yourself a... Uh, what is that? Um, a, a, a spectacle. 
the Dharama f- uh, floats above his seat when, when he meditates, when he, when, he, uh, when he teaches. And then that, and some people hearing that will not want to go to see the Dharma because to hear his teaching, just waiting for him to fall over the, t- uh, over the throne. So they can say, wow, I saw that. And tell someone else and then it becomes just a, a spectacle. And pretty soon they will tell him, could you please shut up and just start levitating already? <laughs> <laughs> And that could happen, right? Mm. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So, times when um, practitioners of the past would see, say, a statue smile mm-hmm. or um, you know, something of that nature, um, I've been thinking about this, that I think when I asked Rambishali about it, that sometimes that's on the part mostly of the Buddha, Mm-hmm. But it can be on the part of the practitioner too, as far as them having a relationship with that Buddha or mm-hmm. their previous practice. Mm-hmm. How would that? How would you explain that for someone like there were practitioners of the past that would, you know, I've heard it's happened in Tibet that mm-hmm. statues would talk or things would happen, and they weren't enlightened. Though on the part mm-hmm. of the practitioner, they weren't at a high level. Mm-hmm. So I'm still trying to figure that out. If it was mostly on the side of the Buddha, or what on the side of the practitioner? Well, it's definitely on the side of both. They, that, that practitioner has established a, a deep connection with the Buddha. But not any kind of concentration, wisdom. No, just it could be could be just faith. Relationship. Could be faith. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They have a deep level of faith towards the Buddha. Or an old connection. Yeah. Oh, you could say they established that connection from, from, a, long from, from a long time, and, they, and they're keeping it. And because of that long-standing connection, the Buddha is able to manifest that for them. So it's happened to practitioners I've heard in Tibet that didn't really even know the Buddha, mm. but they must have been a past. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it happens also within you know, Christian communities, right, with the you know, statues that we... You hear about that all the time. Yeah, his Holiness taught that in L.A. once. Mm-hmm. That he went to see um, uh, the Virgin Mary, when he went to see a statue of her, and he said, he said this to a huge audience, he said, I don't know, but as I was turning around, I thought she smiled at me. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody went, well, I didn't believe it. You guys probably had a nice long talk. He didn't tell all of us about that. <laughs> So it's not a, a, a one-way one way thing. It's a two-way thing. The teacher must be qualified, the student must be qualified. Yeah, because the way it's been explained to me before, it's like a radar, like a radio station. Mm-hmm. You have to have both the antennas. Yeah. The, the, but the, I thought Rinpoche said once when I was talking about it that sometimes just the power of the Buddha can do things like that. So I wasn't... Uh, I thought uh, I heard that. I may have been mistaken. That is still, uh, that is still due to both. Because of their relationship. Okay. Yeah. You, you remember the, the story of the, the parents who had the sick daughter, right? And they, they were told if the daughter could just meet the Buddha somehow, right? She could be cured. And they kept trying to get her, you know, to meet the Buddha, but he always seemed to be somewhere else. And then finally they went to him and explained it. And he just said, well, sorry, you know. We don't have a proper karma connection. In other words, there's nothing I can do for my side at all. I'm the Buddha. I cannot do anything to be able to meet this, your daughter. And she died. Yeah. It was one of the ones, you know, you read it and it's like, it's kind of depressing. It's like, oh, the Buddha can't, can't even help a girl. Yeah. 
But she didn't have the karma to be able to meet the Buddha. Mm -hmm. right. she couldn't do it from his own side. And uh, so, that with that story, when you when you when you establish a, a connection with, with the Lama, and then you be your behavior, uh, you have a proper you you establish a practice of proper behavior towards that teacher. Uh, that will lead to the point where the Buddha becomes like a parent to you, just like the parent can make the child do something even the child doesn't want to. So the Buddha can make have things happen to you even though in that life consciously you don't want you, you were not even thinking of, uh, how, of it happening. You but, mean, when you say Buddha now right, is that interchangeable as well? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just want to be sure. <laughs> and that's another story. <laughs> okay. Is the Lama the Buddha? Well, we have to go into that. Uh, I guess we're supposed to come to an end now. So the prospective disciple on this part should familiarize himself with these descriptions of a proper Lama's qualifications. Now these ten aren't the only ten that a qualified Lama is supposed to have. Okay, they're supposed to have many more. Okay. And sometimes we have our own personal uh, a list of qualifications for what for whom the one that uh, which we will take as a lama okay and then seek out a lama who possesses them whether the disciple himself turns out to be more or less blessed by this virtue with virtues depends on the degree to which his lama possesses high personal qualities if the disciple enjoys a relationship with the Lama who is capable of guiding him through the entire range of the open and secret teachings, then the disciple will come to be one blessed in the sense of having heard about and gained some understanding of the path in their entirety. Even just gaining this general idea of the overall path represents greater merit than any other good quali qualities that the student might possess. So, uh, so there's a, a third element that must be presented. So there's the qualified teacher, the qualified student, and the qualified teaching. Okay. Uh, as, long, as, soon, as soon as you have a qualified teacher, there's, also, there's already a qualified teaching. Okay. And uh, if the teacher is not qualified, uh, that's why I want to use the word qualified. Mm -hmm. But if the teacher is is someone who is not necessarily possessed of all those qualities, but the teacher has the is a holder of a lineage of a qualified teaching, then the then the then the student will come out right. Then the student the student can actually reach realization that the teacher has not reached. Even if the teacher is not someone who has gained realizations, but the teacher is in connection with qualified teachings. The, uh, so the student can even perhaps go beyond the teacher in terms of realization. An example of that was with Nagarjuna and Arya Dev. Arya Dev was a student of Nagarjuna, 
and yet Arya Dev had higher realizations than Nagarjuna. And uh, that was displayed when uh, there was this, I don't know, some, some day, some, some deus, deus, deus. No, that's not. I'm, I'm talking about a person, a deity. 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 There's no uh, female form for deity. Oh, oh deity. Yes. Deity. Yes. Deity. Well, I was trying to priestess. Yes. I was trying to a goddess. Yeah, that's goddess. Goddess. Okay, that's a goddess. Okay. I was trying to uh, show off, but I guess I ended up not sure. <laughs> Well, you did, because none of us know. <laughs> 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 uh, so there was this uh, goddess uh, that uh, Arya Dev kept talking with, having no, no, no more conversations. And then whenever Nagarjuna would approach, the goddess would disappear. And Nagarjuna would ask, Arya, uh, ask the, who are you talking to? Uh, no, uh, eventually Nagarjuna uh, saw, was able to see the, the goddess. And then before the goddess disappeared, then he said, why is it that you appear to my disciple and you don't appear to me? He said, this mind is clearer than yours. <laughs> And uh, uh, it is said that uh, the way uh, Arya Dev reached enlightenment was Nagarjuna telling him, get out of here, you're already enlightened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not exactly the same words, but something like that. <laughs> okay. So even though Arya Dev was, you could say as far as realizations were concerned, was, was higher than Nagarjuna, and yet for Arya Deva to reach his enlightenment, finally, he needed a relationship with a lama the relationship with the Lama. And Nagarjuna served as that Lama. Okay. And because of his proper relationship with him as Lama, he was able to uh, um, you know, reach realizations. So that's what I meant by, if Nagarjuna uh, wasn't connected to an authentic, qualified teaching, he wouldn't have been able to help uh, Arya Dev. And even though uh, at that point, uh, Nagarjuna wasn't, uh, you know, completely, su supremely realized. He was still able to help uh, the, the student, uh, Arya Deva, uh, go beyond him. So, qualified teacher doesn't necessarily mean someone who has reached all the realization, because unfortunately, you're not going to meet many people like that. Otherwise, you know, the entire planet would be at the feet of this holiness or. Something like that. And they don't have the time. <laughs> you wouldn't have the time. You'd be discouraged. Or like, my teacher of mine never pays attention to me. <laughs> okay. So, also, it means that, uh, uh, and this is where the, 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 the mysterious things come in that I mean, people, uh, they're exceptional, and yet, because we hear those of all those exceptional examples, we think that they are general. Okay. There are students, because of their deep connection with the teacher, they don't have to do anything, it, is, it appears. The teacher does, is doing everything for them. That's because of they, have, they have established a deep relationship. Okay. But 
that for the more general, the student has to work also. For those incredible things to happen, the student must work. I mean, for those incredible things coming from the teacher to happen. Okay, the student must work at it. For example, of well, I'm exaggerating. Oh. Not everything, 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 everything. Uh, so you 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 could you could bring yourself you could work in your relationship with the teacher to such an extent that you are in a situation where, for some reason, you just don't have the means to to practice anymore. You don't have the means to, on your own, continue your 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 evolution. But because of such deep relationship with the teacher, the teacher can do can do the work for you. What, what do you mean by do the work for you? I just I also don't quite get it. You 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 gain realizations through the power of the teacher. Transference. Transference. Yeah, so you've done the work of getting the faith, and you don't, have, you don't go into the teacher's mind and grab the teaching. The teacher can throw it into your mind. That sounds like with the Pachal Rinpoche, there was a oh, so story there's an example. He, uh, well, yeah, but he had his, his fellow students, you know, he would get, receive teachings from his teacher, and the fellow students would be studying all night, and then he would be just, you know, hanging out. And, they, and, and he, what, he was able to process every single thing that his teacher taught him, immediately and he remembered it and he understood it and he remembered it at a deep level, he knew it at a deep level as soon as he received it. It's like that. And so when they would ask him, like, why aren't you studying well? They'd ask him about anything the teacher taught, he knew it perfectly. If one has that deep relationship, and I'm thinking of Edward and he, you know, like Edward had that relationship with Rinpoche when Edward died, is Rinpoche then as his teacher. So that would be a, a, a good example. So let's say, for example, Edward didn't have the capacity to guide himself through the Bardo. Right? So because of his deep relationship he had with Rinpoche, Rinpoche could just take him and guide him without him having to, to do anything. That's, what I, that, that's one of the things I meant. I'm not saying that you, know, you still sit down and sit at home and eat and, and, and then all of a sudden you see yourself enlightened. That's not what I meant. It seemed, it seemed that's what I was saying. <laughs> so, and that could happen too. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but you have to do a, you have to establish a deep, deep connection. Okay. For, for, for incredible things like that to happen. And there are even stories where, uh, uh, Because of the deep connection that a student has established with a, with a, with a teacher, that uh, a student becomes sick and they cannot practice anymore, and the teacher, okay, I'll practice for you. And the, the teacher does the practice, the student doesn't, and the, teach, and the student receives the, the fruits of the practice. Even though it's not supposed to happen, so usually. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I know it's interesting because 
In some ways, some of the teachings seem contradictory, even though they're not. Mm -hmm. You know, when they say that the Buddha can teach, it's in the long run, the Buddha can show you the way. Mm -hmm. The teachers can show you the way, but you have to do the work. Yeah. But I think this is testimony to the, the incredible nature of the relationship with the world. Yeah. That's what you're referring to. Yeah. Truly, all barriers can be uh, severed, depending on how you you use that relationship. Okay, I said it was we would we came to to the end uh, twenty minutes ago. <laughs> So we start the meditation at 11.22. According to this clock? According to this clock. Okay. <laughs> you know they say in business that times like that, that people are more on time. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the business world, aren't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 